Friends, hello. This is episode 557 of the Juice Box Podcast. On today's episode of the Juice Box Podcast, I'm speaking with Patrick, who is a young man that lives with type 1 diabetes. It also lives with him. He has diabetes. He's diabetic. Say it any way you want. Patrick's here. He's got T1. And we're going to have a really great conversation that you're going to adore. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box Podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Don't forget to head over to the T1D Exchange and fill out their survey. That's right. If you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 or a U.S. resident who cares for someone with type 1, in under 10 minutes, you can answer a few simple questions that will incredibly, amazingly, immaculately benefit people living with type 1 diabetes. And it'll support the podcast. T1DExchange.org forward slash juicebox. Trying to get to 2,000 surveys by the end of Diabetes Awareness Month. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. The episode is also sponsored by Touched by Type 1. You can find out more about them at touchedbytype1.org. Touched by Type 1 has just put tickets on sale for their annual Dancing for Diabetes show. It's on November 13th this year at the Walt Disney Theater in Orlando, Florida. Go to touchedbytype1.org to get your tickets to Dancing for Diabetes. Dancing for Diabetes is a powerful and exceptionally entertaining dance showcase. It features 300 nationally recognized and award-winning dancers in one unforgettable evening. Look what I did there. I was like, unforgettable. Look, uh, you don't need me to do this. Touchedbytype1.org. Click on Dancing for Diabetes. You'll get all the information you need. Yeah, how are you doing? Uh, I'm all right. It's uh, spring break here for my daughter, so... Um, oh wow! It's a weird, uh, weird time. My wife was like, "Why are you recording this week?" I said, "I don't get spring break." I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you're doing. How many episodes are you into this now? Oh, uh, four hundred and sixty ish around. Oh there. my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> and you'll probably be. My God, you'll probably be five hundred, five hundred and twenty when it comes out eventually. So. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, so you're working hard then I am. I just don't want to, um, uh, I, I, I want to treat the podcast like it's a podcast, not like it's a thing, a diabetes thing. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but but, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I like it. And are you on the East coast or West coast? No, I'm in New Jersey. You're out west, though, New Jersey. Right? Okay, yeah, I'm out west, so I'm up bright and early, six a.m. <laughs> That's the thing that um, I thought when I saw the uh, when I saw the the booking, I was like, I think that's really early for him. So thank you, I appreciate you doing that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you're pat- busy, like booked up too, which is amazing. <laughs> it's hard to get on the show at this point. I've I have. <laughs> I did one on, I had to do one for somebody that, you know, was kind of like time sensitive and they're like, well, you know, when can we do it? And I said, uh, I mean, July <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and she's like, no, we need it sooner. And I was like, well, I could, I, there's one day a week that I edit and I don't record. I guess I could do it that day. And, you know, so I found myself doing that, but yeah, it's good. Listen, wow. that's nothing to complain about. Um, yeah wow and so you just do this uh with just you know any any diabetic who kind of wants to get on the show or um i've turned some people down but yeah uh not not many i think that the there's something about the desire to do the show that brings out a certain kind of person oh i see i like it yeah there's a vetting process that happens without me being involved and then the next part of the vetting process is that it takes so long after you put down a date to record. So mm-hmm. basically I sit here five minutes before the recording time. And if you're here, 
I assume you really want to do this. Yes. Oh, that makes sense. You know I like I mean? it. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> try to stay loose like that. Anyway, um, you sound terrific. It's you're recording well. Uh, that's fantastic. What you just do is um, introduce yourself any way you want to be known. Um, just meaning you don't need to use your last name or, you know, if you end up bringing up a, a friend or a sibling or something, you don't have to say their name. You could say my brother, you know, or that kind of stuff. Um, okay. But other than that, you introduce yourself and then we'll, uh, we'll just get started. Okay. And then you, we'll just go from there. I'll ask a question. You'll answer the question and that'll happen over and over again until we're done. Okay. I like it. All right. Let me know when you're ready. At your leisure. Okay. Well, hello. Uh, my name is Patrick. I'm from Sacramento, California, uh, and I have type one diabetes. Patrick, and I never get to say that. <laughs> why, why not? I never start off like that. I never, you know, that's not my go-to. Uh, <laughs> my go-to, like, hey, this is who I am. But I, you know, I like to say it's a new, new thing. That's interesting. I, I mean, it makes sense, right? You don't wander up, wander up to new people and you're like, hey, I've got diabetes. Also, crazy booger came out of my left nostril this morning. You know, yeah, so I never I, – I, I like uh, hearing that for the first time for sure. You, you, did you like saying it? Uh, I, I think that it's uh, something, you know, interesting about who I am and, you know, what I've had to deal with most of my life. So I do I do like – you know, telling people, I think a lot of uh, people think that I'm, I could be embarrassed by it. So they don't really try to bring it up ever, but uh, I like talking to people about it. So I do like saying it. Nice. Are you embarrassed by it or is it just something you think people around you feel? No. Yeah. I, I think some people could like kind of, you know, tiptoe around it or beat around the bush about it. So um, I'm not embarrassed about it. I love talking about it. So uh, it's, it's not bad. Nice. That's excellent. All right. So you were, you're 20, are you 24 now? I am 25. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's something yeah. we were talking about before we started recording is that it takes for a long time to get on the show. You were 24 when you sent the email. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Yeah, it, was, it took a couple months for sure. And then I, I got a, got a, you know, a little promotion. So then we had to move it back even further, but I'm glad I'm on here. No, yeah, I, I am too. And I, I'm realizing now that I'm only one clerical error away from putting this up while you're 26. So I, <laughs> I just put up a show the other day. I had to write the person that was on it to apologize. And I had like a few files on my computer that got redated somehow. And I don't know if I opened them and that changed the date on them. And then they, they moved around in this folder that I have of recorded material that needs to, you know, go through the editing process. And so they slid way up. So I put out an episode yesterday that I think I recorded like 18 months before that. And oh, it, my goodness. And it was really good. And I enjoyed it. And so, I, you know, I, I definitely wanted to put it up. And I wrote the person. I'm like, I am so sorry. This is not a judgment of... Uh, <laughs> what you did on the podcast. I just got messed up and uh, yeah. So anyway, we're just, we're just, we're just a couple of mistakes shy of you having two kids when this podcast airs. So. <laughs> uh, well, I can't wait for that. You know, that'll be something you look forward to in a couple of years. So it's not bad. Give you a little something extra. So how old were you when you were diagnosed? I was 16. So right in the middle of high school, which uh, is a, is a crazy, I think it's a crazy time to get it just because you're, you know, in your youth, but also kind of growing into that adulthood stage and your whole life kind of just changes in a, in a weekend. Yeah. So where were you in the, in the progression of your maturity? And I mean that by saying, for parents who are listening, I think a lot of parents know that when your kids are that age, your, your basic goal then is to stave off any of the things that you don't hope that they do for as long as possible, right? Like, you're, <laughs> you're like I wonder how long Definitely. I can keep this kid from having sex and drinking or doing drugs. Like, this is what I'm trying for, right? Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I had actually uh, was in the middle of a basketball season. Um, and that's when the doctors, think that I somehow got it. And, uh, since I was in my honeymoon stage, you know, I didn't really, I couldn't tell when I was playing basketball 
And right when it ended is when I just went straight, you know, losing 20 pounds, just super sick all the time mm-hmm. uh, and peeing a lot. And so I got it right after basketball season. I remember it because I just I we were in the playoffs and I couldn't even play. I was just so, so sick. So um, it was, yeah, it was right then, uh, right when a dan have you, have you ever heard of like morph or gala or anything like that where the girl asked the guy mm-hmm. so i got it i got it a couple days before that after a girl had asked me with a, a buttload of uh almond joys i got i came back the you know two days later after she had asked me for with almond joys and everyone in school thought she gave me diabetes okay. <laughs> That was the vibe. So, that was the vibe going around school. Yeah, they didn't know how diabetes. I mean, I didn't even know how diabetes worked. So that was kind of the whole the funny story was that you know a girl gave me diabetes by asking asking me to uh, gala. So I have to tell you, I think if Almond Joy could give you diabetes in two days, we'd all know about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I've heard uh, no one's no one likes Almond Joys. I've heard, but I mean, I I you know I'll eat them all day long. <laughs> Patrick, I'm just saying, my imagination tells me if that was true, that at the end of every news broadcast on everything, they'd f- they'd finish, they'd be like, and the Dow is down 35 points today, and before we go, don't forget, Almond Joys give you diabetes in two days. Like You would just think it would be everywhere, you know? Please disregard Almond Joys from your daily life. Hey, don't you imagine you would turn on the TV and just see people picketing Washington, like, stop Almond Joy. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> They already do that. <laughs> well, uh, it's just interesting how kids' minds work. Like, and and what sounds like a, an amusing story then becomes, you know, you, you know what I mean? Because somebody said it and thought that's funny, so they told somebody else who thought that's funny, and then the next thing you know, it's everywhere. But yeah, definitely. So, what, and I mean, the the that, girl even thought she did too. Oh, she, she was set on it, and I was like, no, okay, like yeah, I got to stop it. <laughs> do, do you still know her? Yeah, definitely. No yeah, we're still we're still good friends That's for crazy. sure. So she's matured beyond <laughs> believing that candy gives you diabetes in two days. <laughs> yeah. She felt really bad. I'm like, trust me, it wasn't you. <laughs> Did you go to, to the go. dance? Yo, of course. Yeah. yeah. I said yes. Oh, of course. <laughs> I find it's best whenever women are kind to you to just say thank you. That's yes. yeah. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. I agree completely. With almond joy, you give them almond joy with it. I have to be honest. If my wife approached me with candy, I'd think I would probably think I was sick and I didn't know it. And she was like, she felt bad. I'm not certain, but yeah, you know, I guess at 16, it just seems nice. Well, so to, so to get to back to my question at 16, not that I didn't enjoy mm-hmm. our little offshoot there, but at 16, were you a party kid? Were you a pretty like, were you more like, you know, still immature were you not like that like what kind of a like social person were you then yeah definitely I was uh I was just a basketball kid I was just into sports you know I was playing uh basketball year round and absolutely loved it and then I got diabetes uh and my whole world kind of changed so I my maturity changed with it Uh, So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in no way a mature kid or anything like that. And then getting that kind of getting diabetes right after kind of just put me into this whirlwind of trying to figure out who I was and uh, what type of a, you know, person I was. And so I quit basketball the next, the following season, because I just could not figure out how to play basketball and, um, have it work for me with diabetes you know Uh, I would I would get super sick on the court you know I'd get low and my my coach would have to take me out five minutes into the game and I'd just be sitting there like what am am I even here (laughs) you know like I don't understand what like why this is happening to me so that threw me for a loop for sure Uh, and that's when I started getting into partying because we're you know 16 is kind of the age where the you know in high school they just start partying a little bit so I started hanging out the kids who were uh going out and you know drinking smoking you know all that stuff so I started hanging out them uh and that's that's where yeah I mean I learned a lot from it for sure (laughs) well so you were really focused on 
it's interesting because this is, I, I didn't know if you were going to say this or not, but it was what I was wondering. Like, so you were at an inflection point in your life, whether you realize it or not. And if you could have kept playing basketball, do you think that that meant enough to you that you would have avoided sort of that other stuff for a longer time? Or do you think you were always headed towards it? Is it hard to look back and know? Uh, I think that I would have, I would have stuck with basketball and it would have kind of, you know, deterred me from doing that stuff as often as I had done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think basketball definitely, you know, just cause you're there, you're practicing every day. You're, you're at games at night. So there, there's not a lot of time for you to go, you know, hang out at, at the river with your, your, you know, your friends. Um, so I think when I quit, I just had a lot of, a lot more time on my hands where I was just like, hanging out you know always yeah. after school just like hey well, let's go hang out at the river um so i i definitely think that basketball kind of would have helped me but i also do have that personality where i'm like i want to experiment and you know try these things as well yeah. so so you were just you were really just kind of putting these other ideas on hold because you and because you liked playing basketball so much Definitely. And I think at at the time, basketball was uh, like kind of just my saving grace where I I didn't care about anything else. You know, when I was playing basketball, I loved it and didn't didn't really need anything uh, more. Mm -hmm. And then when I quit basketball, I didn't have that saving grace or didn't have anything like that to kind of help me out. And so that's when I went, you know, experimenting with partying and I, I remember my first time at drinking after I got diabetes and I, I remember I just was so, <laughs> I was so sick. I think I was drinking orange juice and vodka and, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was drinking a ton of sugary stuff and alcohol and it was a, it was a scary time for sure. Yeah. Um, just cause I, I just got completely, you know, sick and, couldn't stop throwing up and it was bad. But after I was just like, I'm glad that I'm learning how to do this at the same time. Uh, so it was a weird transition. Well, so in that scenario, you're hammered and you're driving your blood sugar high. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, getting out of the hospital they're they're teaching you stuff, but it, it didn't connect at all to me. So, uh, you know, probably I think a week or two later is when I, was drinking and you know I was chasing with orange juice or drinking with orange juice or something like that and yeah so my blood sugar was spiking and um I just couldn't stop yeah I just couldn't stop throwing up the whole night I have more questions about that but I'm imagining that this last little segment anybody who's listening who's in their teens right now is like this is why my dad makes me practice the violin so much <laughs> And if you play the violin, I am jealous. Me too. But I'm just saying, like, just stay in your room and do that thing. And don't talk to other people. So so I want to go to, you're saying that you, so you went from not being a drinker to getting diagnosed. And two weeks later, by the way, you you drank like an old lady in the 40s. It's funny. You're having having vodka and orange juice. (laughs) You know, it's whatever you can get your hands on when you're 16. Yeah. When you were 17, did you move to a gimlet? or? Uh... <laughs> Hopefully. I'm yeah. hoping I did. Yeah. Well, well so, so, but, so you don't know anything functionally about how to manage your diabetes. And are you rebelling? I mean, I don't think that – it seems unlikely to me, Patrick, I guess I should say, that you were like, oh, well, now that basketball has gone, I can move on to my secondary choice, drinking by the river. So I'm th- Yeah, yeah. So I'm, think, I'm thinking that – by the way, I'm fairly sure this episode is going to be called Drinking by the River, unless you say something else. Um, but but like, do you think you were like drowning your sorrows? Do you think you were in a panic about the diabetes? Uh, I think that it was um, I it was I, I think it was a multi, you know, multi-factor situation where uh, I mean, I, I had tried drinking before diabetes, but obviously um, not worrying about the blood sugar is a little easier. And, um, then when that happened, you know, I had to really switch up how my thought process worked, but I definitely think it was at the time, obviously I didn't think I was drowning my, you know, drowning my sorrows or my, 
um, anxieties about having this disease. But now looking back on it, I think it did have a bigger effect on, on my life for sure. Um, but I also love to have fun and I, I definitely loved trying new things. And, uh, I, I don't necessarily regret doing it. Um, just because I learned so much and I learned a lot about diabetes, even though it was, it was a harder time, you know, I was going through, um, you know, the, the mimosa drinking and all that, but <laughs> I definitely learned a lot, a lot through doing all that. So I, I wouldn't even say I necessarily regretted it because I did have a lot of fun at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you definitely can say that I was kind of trying to not think about diabetes and rebel against what was happening with my body. Yeah. No, I am. Um, I'm not judging you. I just, I'm trying to understand how you get from one place to another. I, I, um, I, if you, do you listen to the podcast with any regularity? Uh, I, I've listened to a couple episodes for sure. Okay. Not, not a crazy amount, but definitely a couple. Just because I, I don't, you might know that like I don't drink, so I don't understand the, but I don't have a judgment about it. I just don't understand the, like when you say have fun, I think of having fun and being coherent. Like, so so I just, I recognize that that's not how everybody thinks about it. Um, but, and I, I definitely understand that at that age. And then with all that pressure, did the pressure hit you in any other ways? Did your grades change? Did you start robbing banks? Is there anything else that happened? (laughs) I mean, I think that there's a, there's a pressure of being in high school when kids are starting to turn into that, uh, you know, like experimenting or partying phase where, I wanted to keep up with my with my friends mm-hmm. and uh at the same time I really probably couldn't have as much as I tried yeah. uh just because of diabetes so I think there is there's there's always kind of pressures going on in high school where diabetes kind of holds you back and I for sure was just fighting as much as I could not let that happen um but yeah I I I really think that um, like you said, yeah, obviously having fun sober is great too, but in, in the high school, you just want to, you want to, you know, be with the crowd almost and, um, keep, keep trying different things and having fun like that. So I think that the pressures of that kind of, kind of threw me for a loop. And then, uh, my grades did start dwindling too. I don't know if that's just cause I did not like high school at all or, um, diabetes kind of put me in that, but I definitely, uh, started, my grades started dropping a little bit because basketball, you had to keep a certain GPA. Uh, and then once I was out of that, there's not nothing really to stop me from going too low. So you just kind of rolled with it then and, and just went wherever it went. I just rolled with it. And my mom helped me out, a you know, a crazy amount. Um, she, I think she is, she's definitely one of the, you know, I, I give her all the respect in the world for, you know, I mean, I was going through diabetes, but she was going through diabetes too. Uh, and so I give her all the respect in the world because she really, really pushed me to, you know, keep my grades up and get me into college. And, um, so <laughs> shout out to her <laughs> without her i would not be where i am today for get, sure you know feeling like she threw a saddle on your back and rode you to college she's like now go over this <laughs> yeah. way and do this and jump over that and listen not that children don't need that you know somebody guiding them along the way i have to say i'm disappointed when i joked about you robbing a bank one day someone's gonna blurt something out on the podcast and i'm just gonna be like oh my god finally you know like you just i i was just like would imagine if you're just like I did knock over a couple of convenience stores and uh, yeah. I the diabetic of, Bonnie and Clyde. I was out of my mind. I would pu- I would point my insulin pump at them through my coat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you use a pump or do you are you uh, use MDI? Yeah, I I use the pump uh, and I I'm, I'm loving it. I'm using the uh, Medtronic um, pump, but I've heard the other I uh, the Dexcom. I definitely want to try to get into that because I've heard some great things about that. Yeah, it's it's very cool. Um, it really is. But I'm just I'm happy you have something going. Were you how long have you been on the pump? Have you was it recent or have you been doing it for a long time? Only a couple. I think probably a year now. 
is how long I've been on the pump. In high school, like I said, I was fighting as much as I could. They were trying to put me on the pump. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I, I stuck with uh, the insulin pens. Uh, and that probably didn't help my situation at times either, just losing them and, you know, all that good stuff that comes with the insulin pens. So I actually just started using it last year and I absolutely love it. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, you're older now. It's funny because for people who are, I can't think of their names, but there's these two guys that prank like, um, local municipalities in California um oh okay yeah yeah. yeah. you know what i mean right and because of because i'm aware of that you're like you have an accent too like you have a you you have like a california accent so you like when you (laughs) popped on at first i'm like is this guy gonna prank me oh my goodness i wish those guys are amazing yeah no i know but um and i'm never gonna think of their name and i feel bad about that uh but but so you're saying if I'm if I'm understanding correctly, you're saying that you resisted a pump or anything that would make you look different through high school. Uh, I don't think make me look different. I think just uh, like because going from pens to a pump, your your lifestyle changes up again. And I think I was fighting the lifestyle change uh, just because that first time when I got diabetes and went to the pens, like that was a big enough lifestyle change for me to just be like, I'm good off anything else. Yeah. Uh, and so they're, you know, cause you have to go through training and you kind of have to test it out. Uh, and so I, I did a test run, like, I think it was like a three day test run mm-hmm. and, uh, of the pump. And I just was like, I am not gonna, I think I, it popped out one night when I was sleeping and I was like, yeah, I'm just not going to try this change that quickly. You'd, um, you'd be surprised oh, you at how many people say that. I, I was when I started recognizing that that was a real driver for people. Just the idea of like, I've already been through a new thing that I had to learn. I don't want to learn another new thing. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I just, I mean, like when I was in school, I would, I, you know, I wouldn't care where I did my insulin, you know, I do it in front of my friends. Okay. I'd let, you know, I'd let my friends do it if they're like, oh, can I see how this works? I'm like, sure. Like, you know, give me a shot. But uh, it's the it's exactly you're right. It's the change. It's just a big change. And, uh, you know, I was trying to fight any of that. I could for sure. No, I, it's I'm, it's interesting to hear you say that because it, it's not my first inclination from the outside to think that it would be about the change. I, w- I would always think it would be about the hiding. But um, and so the problem with MDI for you wasn't that you minded anybody seeing you inject. It was that you were literally losing the pens and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I'd, uh, lose the pens or, uh, the needle would, you know, break off or the, the, uh, cartridge would get jammed. Um, so stuff like that, <laughs> <laughs> just, but, just regular kid uh, props. Maybe if you were not <laughs> handing them to everybody to jab you with, they would. Yeah. <laughs> How many of your friends do you think ever got home and was like, I have an insulin pen in my bag. I wonder why this is here. <laughs> oh, man. I, I mean, I've had, like, uh, you know, friends have a party and I accidentally leave my Lantis, my long-lasting pen, at their house somewhere. And, you know, they're not supposed to have anybody over or anything like that. And all of a sudden they're finding, an, you know, a needle in their in their couch. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> there was no one here, I promise. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was, that was a hard one to explain for sure. Well, how did you, um, did you go right to college right after high school? Yeah, I went to uh, Sac State right after high school. Okay. Um, so I, I, I didn't even move out my first couple years, uh, which was kind of, kind of a nice transition. I wanted to go to SBCC, which is in Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am just so glad I didn't do that, especially with diabetes. I think it's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of partying and probably not the best, not the best idea for a diabetic. <laughs> Patrick, you would not have trusted yourself in that scenario. I don't think so. I think, I mean, even coming out of a high school, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't mature at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still, still was like, you know, I want to go to a, a party school and I want to have fun. Uh, and again, my mom was like, let's get you into, let's get you into Sac State instead. And, uh, I think that really, really saved me for sure because, uh, you know, I, I was staying at home. I was saving money, which was amazing too. Like now that you know, I'm out of college and you appreciate that. Have a, 
a lot more money saved. I'm just like so grateful for that. And then, uh, but yeah, I mean, Santa Barbara would have just been a madhouse for mm-hmm. sure. So yeah. And nobody does the math on, uh, four years of college divided by monthly payments for, you know, the foreseeable rest of your life future. Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's nice not to owe people that money. That's for certain. Yes. Yeah. So do, do you think your mom great. was a little, do you think your mom knew that staying home was the right thing for you? Uh, I think that, I, I don't know if it was uh, staying home, but I think it was just going to a uh, community college in a place known for partying. Like, um, you know, it's, it probably wasn't the best for me and mm-hmm. where I was at in life. And uh, again, I was still not even doing my pump yet. So I was still doing my, my insulin shots. So that, you know, that also didn't help. And I didn't even realize it till last year when I got my pump, like how amazing it is to know your blood sugar as often as you do. Yeah. Uh, So that, yeah, just, it's crazy that I didn't do that. (laughs) In the years prior to that, how was your care? Like where were your A1Cs falling? Uh, they were falling between six and seven. They were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it also was from me getting, you know, super high and then taking a lot of insulin to get super low. Yeah. Uh, and so it was kind of just the highs and lows that balanced it out. So yeah, that, not sure if that, you know, yeah, that's good cheating thing. Patrick. That doesn't count. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm kind of just doing the, the median right now. Yeah. It's like, it's like if on the week, like during the week you were a murderer for hire, but on the weekends you volunteered at a homeless shelter. That's, yeah. yeah. It doesn't, I was doing good things on the weekends. Yeah. I yeah. Swear. That does not equal a, like a decent life. <laughs> so, yes. no, yeah, but so what happens is it just throws the math off. So the test, mm-hmm. you know, you've got these crazy highs, which of course are, are not good for your body at these crazy lows, which are dangerous and not good for your body, but it still throws off the test. And it's like, Oh, look. And then you end up in the doctor's office. He's going, Oh, you're between a six and a seven. You're doing terrific. And yeah, you know, exactly. And not enough of them yeah. say, how did we get, how did we get to this? And they don't talk enough about limiting that variability and how important that is for, for overall health. I think that's a, it can't be said enough. It's a very common misconception that if the number's okay, you know, quote unquote, okay, then you must be doing everything as well as possible. Um, yeah. Yeah. So having a, I'm assuming you're wearing like a, a the 670, maybe the Metron. Yes. Yes. I'm wearing the 670 right now. So you have the guardian CGM. I do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so now you get to see what happens. Did that change the way you were living or using insulin? Uh, I think that, I mean, the, the funny part was when I first started, I was knocking, I was, I didn't realize how many doorways that I hit when I walked (laughs) around the house, because I mean, I was hitting doorways and my thing, my sensor was popping off every, you know, every two days I was having to change it. Uh, so I'm glad I'm not, you know, I'm not a klutz anymore and hitting so many things, but uh, I definitely has, it definitely has just made me more aware of um, my health and my body yeah. and just like how to, how, how seriously I do need to take um, diabetes. And uh, I mean, I, it sucks that it took so long, but at the same time, you know, I don't think I would have ever been able, my mindset wouldn't have changed at all. I think it was just kind of growing in maturity and seeing it how, you know, seeing how diabetes really is uh, to where the pump just made me like so grateful that I was like, oh, okay, you know, yeah, I need to start focusing on this and making sure that it's, that I'm, you know, doing stuff that are healthy for my body. Cause um, my, especially with friends, like, you know, friends will go out and we'll eat or do all that. And, they don't have a care in the world. And I'm like, I need to, you know, sit down and really, really make sure my health is on point. So later on in life, I can still do these things. Yeah, no kidding. It's so interesting to hear. I, Patrick, please don't take this the wrong way. But it's no, so in- for it. right, ready? It's so interesting <laughs> to hear someone who sounds like they're in Bill and Ted's excellent adventure have a really thoughtful <laughs> life idea. <laughs> 
You know, it's funny is no one in California, I'm from Sacramento, so we're not a beach town at all. Right. And so no one in California would ever say I sound like a Californian. No, 100%. (laughs) And I'm, trust me, you know, I'm mispronouncing a thousand words in your eyes and everything. And I get that. But it's just for me, it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's, it's like, um, I don't know. It's sort of like the big Lebowski. Like you're like, there's a guy on a couch, like, you know, with a drink in his hand, who's been high all day saying something profound about life. And you're like, huh, it's interesting. <laughs> so, you know, I'll take the big Lebowski. I'll take yeah. it. I love that. <laughs> so um, it, it just because, because what you said, I found to be moving, honestly, and really um, thoughtful. And I'm glad you came to it in your mid twenties for certain. And I'm, and it makes me worried about people who don't come to it as quickly or never do, but still, um, it's excellent. Do you credit? I think I heard you credit just being more mature, like through there. So it wasn't like, so you're like, were you in that situation where like, you knew you got high and you knew you got low, but the A1C was fine. So you're like, I'm all right. And then you get a little older and realize maybe I need to be more careful about this. Yeah, well, I mean, I think when I was younger, I uh, I didn't feel my body, uh, you know, going through such like stress of a high blood sugar or low blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't like now, you know, when I have a high blood sugar, my, you know, my heart is beating super fast and I'm getting all these all the symptoms. And I don't think I I, I really don't think that I focused on that when I was younger. And so it didn't seem like a big deal at the time, if that made sense. It does. Uh, so it didn't seem like, you know, I, it didn't seem like my body was going through anything. Uh, it just felt like, Oh, I need to go, I need to get lower. So let's mm-hmm. just put some insulin in and let's do whatever I need to do. Um, but now it's like, okay, let's make sure I don't get high yeah. and let's check my blood, you know, as much as I can to make sure that it's good. So, yeah, it feels like the difference between heading out to sea in a boat with a hole in it and then just spending all your time bailing it out versus fixing the hole before you leave. Just, yes, yeah, 100%. Yeah, a little bit of pre-planning. <laughs> I, Patrick, I want to get your input on this real quick. Um, I'll give you a producer credit on this one. Do you like better Patrick and Scott's excellent adventure or Scott and Patrick's excellent <laughs> adventure for a title? <laughs> I think your name first, right? I don't know. Scott and Pat's excellent event- adventure sounds pretty amazing. All right, maybe that's what we do. <laughs> you came up with the name. You gotta, you gotta get your name out there first. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Trust me, my my name gets said enough. That's fine. I, I don't need that. People are gonna be like, "Oh, now he's putting his name in the titles." An ass. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's all over the place. Yeah, I have to, I have to say, uh, you're an interesting person to tell this to. So once in a while, I'll just because you've listened, but not a whole lot. Um, I once in a while I'll get notes and I'll be like, "You talk way more than the guests." And um, I I put out a transcript of the show now. So like, if you go to the website, you can find a written transcript of the show, and it tells me how much I speak versus how much the other person speaks. And I don't talk that much more than the guests, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you had to you had to make sure that you had to put some uh, stats down to prove it <laughs> patrick i've been dying to be able to say this in an episode somewhere because i i told my wife i was like you know it turns out it's 60 40 and that makes sense because i'm asking the questions right so it's not like i i get these notes like i'm I, when i read them i'm like what am i what am i talking like 85 percent of the time or something but it's not that I just have a commanding no, presence. You just remember and me. And now you got the evidence for it, too. Damn so right. I'm going to start publishing it. Every, can you imagine if every week <laughs> on, like, social media, you, you just send me – I just send out a percentage, episode 485, 60, 61, and – 61.39. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> I think you got to do it. Do it, with, do it with this one, at least. Well, well yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny, too, when you say 61.39, you're like, see, he talks too much. But if I would have said 59.41, you'd be like, oh, it feels pretty balanced. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. That's how your brain works. I was gonna, uh, yeah, I was gonna say more fifty fifty at yeah. this point. Uh, well, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm let kidding. me be honest; it's never fifty fifty. But uh, <laughs> although that's not true, there are some where actually I'm on the low side, and uh, and the other person speaks way more than I do. But that's not the point. My point is, stop sending me mean emails. The, the podcast, is, 
podcast is free. Shut up. Yeah, <laughs> so. podcast is free. Yeah, I mean, come you gotta, on. You, you got to send them a juice box if they send a mean email. Dude, I get complaints sometimes would make you think somebody paid like 10 grand for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I'm like, what's up, man? Like, you're not making payments. Like, relax. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even know you could get complaints for this. Yeah. I mean, come on. Well, you would think, right? <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, okay. So, what did you go to, like, you don't have to tell me exactly what you do, but, like, what kind of work do you do? What did you go to college for? Gvoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto-injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes, ages 2 and above. Not only is Gvoke Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk. Hey, you live in Florida? Get those tickets for the Dancing for Diabetes show. Come on, head to touchbytype1.org forward slash juicebox. Plunk down your hard-earned cash, support a wonderful organization, see a bunch of great dancing. I would show up and dance, but my leotard is at the cleaners. I went to college in communications because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. uh, so I went, went to college for that. And started um, working in government and absolutely loved it. So I worked in, you know, the governor's office and city hall uh, and then worked on a campaign right after college and thought, you know, this is, this is a pretty, pretty nice career that I, I, I'm starting to kind of create for myself. Mm -hmm. And then the pandemic hit and uh I did a presidential campaign and it ended when the pandemic hit. And then I was kind of just jobless for a little bit, working at uh, a bar in Sacramento and then uh, switched it up and said, you know what, I'm moving to San Francisco and starting a job in tech sales. So that's where I'm at now is actually I moved to San Francisco a couple months ago and now I'm in tech sales. Isn't it amazing that you could have gone, that you went from working towards getting a person elected for president to a bar? That's, it, it's f fascinating. Like when you said that, you just made every parent in the world scared for their child. They were like, yeah, right. wait, what happened? Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> but that's cool. So you just kind of reframed yourself, took your skills and put them somewhere else. Yeah. Well, I mean, also I should say that I had, I, I worked at the bar previously too. It was, uh, it wasn't place. just because of the pandemic, but uh, yes, it is. It's a, it was a crazy switch from going, you know, working 80 hours a week to mm -hmm. uh, working at the bar. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. After the first 15 minutes of the show, you didn't shock me when you said you worked at a bar. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I loved it though. It's super fun. <laughs> I've, uh, Talk I... about complaints though, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I hear from people who work at restaurants that it's just a big, uh, orgy between the, um, <laughs> the people that work there. <laughs> they just hop from yeah. person to person. Apparently that's why we closed the restaurants down during COVID, yeah. not because of the... <laughs> There's a lot of spreading of it during that time. Yeah. You didn't realize when they closed your restaurant, it wasn't because of the transmission. It was because they couldn't count on the employees to stay away from each other. Anyway, that might not be true. Or a lot of people who work at restaurants right now are nodding along going, oh, yeah, that, that's definitely They're true. They're like, yeah. yeah. It's the weird schedule. And then at the end of the night, you're all just sort of alone and the rest of the world doesn't exist. And so that's your that's your pool of people then. Oh yeah, I mean, working at the I I, I worked at a beer house, so we actually closed at uh, you know ten or eleven at latest. Uh, so I mean, I can't imagine what the bars opening or closing at two a.m. was like, with, you know, yeah. spreading like that because that's that's a whole other story right there. Did you ever find yourself at the end of the night going home with a lady much older than you? <laughs> no, no, never, never. Good. good. <laughs> Because it would be awkward if somebody, like, in the middle of something was like, Patrick, I think I know your mom. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, right. No, you don't. I, I got to go. Yeah. <laughs>
And that's that. That was the age range of the of the bar for sure. Too. So <laughs> that's what you I was... weren't you weren't too far off. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was uh, gleaning from what you were saying. That's uh, that's amazing. I don't know what the hell we've been talking about for the last forty minutes, but I'm having a good time. So, um, <laughs> me too. It's a good sign. Uh, what about um, A one C's now with the pump and stability? Do you where do you have the same highs and lows? And if not, how are you managing that? Uh, yeah. So. I am managing it a little better. I do. I still, I mean, like my first month or two, I mean, maybe even, you know, half a year into wearing the pump, I would still get uh, pretty, pretty bad highs and lows uh, just because I was trying to figure out how the whole thing worked. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so after uh, like, I don't know, after one time I was just so pissed off with how the, how Medtronic worked. Uh, I called up uh, one of the Medtronic reps and I was like, Hey, can I get a, can I get a, uh, you know, training on this? Maybe I'm doing something wrong. So she took me through, you know, I think like an hour and a half training of it. And it really helped me uh, just, just to the minute details that kind of, kind of help you with your blood sugar and everything like that mm-hmm. uh so it really helped me and now now i'm getting better at you know i think i barely get over 250 if i get high uh which is amazing yeah. and then uh don't get low too much but i do i work out like six days a week so i do lows do happen to me quite a bit just because uh, i am you know doing a lot of workout but I always have, you know, I always have almond joys next to me. <laughs> well, since you, <laughs> since you found out they're safe, it's fine. Hey, can I, um, can I propose something to you that this, you had no idea that I was going to say this. And so if it's not something you're interested in, please just tell me to shut up. But th- there's a, a series within the, um, the podcast and there it's okay. called diabetes pro tip. So I think there's about 20 or so episodes. And if I told you, I think if you listen to them, you might never see a 250 blood sugar again in your life or get low while you're working out. Could I interest you in listening to them? Of course. Right. Of course. I'm looking it up right now. I got it on my on Google right away. Look at you. Look at how the young kids use the interwebs. Right? right? <laughs> so if you, you can go to juiceboxpodcast.com and click on Diabetes Pro Tip at the top or actually diabetesprotip.com will take you to it as well. So now these episodes are available in your podcast player, but you can see them here online and some people even choose to listen to them online. Although just know if you're doing that, you're probably old and, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but, but there's nothing wrong with being old. I'm old. Um, so, so it starts at episode 210 and they're not concurrent. So like, it'll be like 210, 11, 212, and it'll jump to 217, but it'll take you through the ideas that that management wise get talked about on the podcast. And it's not just me. It's um, uh, a friend of mine, Jenny. She has a, uh, she's coming up on her 33rd anniversary of her type one. She's a CDE. She's a nutritionist. She's a runner. And um, she talks wow. to people about management for a living. So I, I will tell you that I think if you listen through those episodes, you achieve an a one C in the low sixes that will eventually get into the fives. And you'll cut down on your highs and your lows. I love it. Yeah, I'll definitely listen to those. I'm thank interested. you. No, 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 don't don't thank me. I, 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 am interested. Like, don't thank me because then I want you to contact me back and tell me how. It went. So, um, <laughs> how it is? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, it, because you seem like you're in the right place. So, Pat, you don't know this, you know, but I talk to a lot of people, not just on the podcast, but separately, and you can start to see that people fall into lanes. And you're right there, like you're right there ready to like take a big leap with your diabetes. Like, so I'll tell you that with my, with my daughter's blood sugars, when you said like, you know, if I ever go over 250, that never happens. And that's amazing. And I agree with you coming from where you are, (laughs) but I will tell you that when my daughter's blood sugar gets over about 160, that constitutes a pretty big mistake. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, yeah, if I'm if I'm going up like 180, yeah, I'm already kind of yeah. kind of getting nervous, but No, but you were being I, honest with saying 250, which I really appreciate because those are the real numbers people. Like people need to hear that, you know, they need to understand that they're not the only one whose blood sugar does that. And I'm not saying my daughter's never gets that high. Like we sometimes we, you know, completely boot the pooch and stuff happens. I'm just saying that 
if you listen through this, I think you're going to find some easy to follow things that stop that from happening. I love it. And I yeah, think you're I'll the definitely, right person to I'll test definitely it listen. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, and I mean, uh, I was going to say, I joined when I moved to San Francisco. There's a diabetic, uh, like a J. I, I don't think it's JDRF actually, but uh, it's a diabetic group that um, meets on Zoom. You know, every couple, like I think once a month, mm-hmm. and we have a we have a Slack channel where people can write in and talk about you know what what's been going on with their blood sugars and if anyone has tips so I I joined that and uh I I do want to get more into it I think that I'm kind of on the outskirts of kind of you know reading more about it and everything like that so I definitely think stuff like this will for sure help it's um it, it just it can't be undervalued that first of all talking to people is a huge thing because you don't feel alone. First of all, secondly, you start hearing things that you don't, you never heard before. You know, somebody will say something. I think that's what the podcast does. Like somebody says something and it makes people think, Oh, I didn't realize that was possible. And you try it and then it works and you build off of it. And I I think that's terrific that you found those people. Yeah. And I mean, Mike, uh, before I, I went, went into this group, uh, I didn't, I, I had, I knew a couple of diabetics, but I didn't know a lot of them. Uh, and so seeing how serious some of these diabetics are in the group and like how, uh, much they, you know, care for their health and well being, like it really put, put things into perspective as well. Cause I didn't, I, you know, I, I wasn't talking to any diabetics who were like, you know, super on top of their stuff and, you know, talking about fats and proteins and yeah. ways to, you know, like if you're going to eat this one day, how, how can you help counteract it? Stuff like that, where I've never really heard about that. So it was cool to kind of get a new, like a whole new perspective on how, how serious people take it. And that kind of put me into the mindset of like, okay, I need to, I need to step my game up a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I can take for granted sometimes because I'm so steeped in it that, that this is something that everyone thinks about. But then I realize, you know, from listening to people, uh, getting communications from people like this is exactly what you said. Like most times those things are never considered and it, uh, it makes a huge difference just to understand how to stretch out a bolus for a meal that has fat in it. Um, like I have an episode going up. That's just all about fat pretty soon. And, uh, I don't think that's stuff that people talk about, uh, enough, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's because overall it's not well understood or if it's it seems confusing to people. So they don't want to just put it out there in a blanket way. And I think that like podcasts or even like what you're talking about, like social media connections, allow for longer, uh, deeper conversations so that you can kind of get into the cracks and, you know, hear the minutia. And, and you know, it's not just it's not a paragraph of information in a pamphlet. Like you can't, you can't explain any of this in a paragraph. So I no. think you need the conversation. Also, I just try to connect with you on LinkedIn because for some reason I want to know how your life goes. So, uh. <laughs> well, I hope we stay in touch too because this is this is too fun. <laughs> Especially at six in the morning. <laughs> I swear to God that you got up early and did this <laughs> is amazing uh, because I um. But that is one of the indications to me that it, 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 you see you're interesting in that somebody just said to me the other day that they imagine that every person who's on the podcast is like kind of a super fan of the podcast. And I was like, no, that's, that's not the case, but they couldn't believe me. And, um, I want to ask you a little bit about that as we're kind of finishing up here. Like, so the podcast is not like a staple in your life. What made you want to come on and, and share the conversation? Uh, I mean, I was, I kind of was getting into podcasts, you know, a year or two ago and I was like, Oh, I wonder, I wonder if there are, you know, diabetic podcasts and if people really talk about it. And so I actually kind of just looked up diabetes on Spotify and, you know, the juice box podcast popped up and I listened to a couple episodes and I was like, Oh, this is, this is amazing. And I didn't even know that you like would let someone like me onto it like I had no I didn't know how it worked or anything so I just kind of was like oh maybe I'll just hit him up and see if he's interested I, I you know I, I didn't expect anything out of it honestly so uh, it's pretty pretty 
cool how it worked out. It's like a date. Um, Some of the emails are they feel like um as close as I'm ever going to get to being on a dating site because it feels <laughs> it feels like a four sentence pitch about like why you would want to pick me. <laughs> And uh, I'm always amused by that. But what what did you mean when you said somebody like me? Like when you listened to other people, did you think they were like special super diabetics? I <laughs> special super diabetics. Uh, they all every diabetic is a special super diabetic. Uh, but I I probably I just thought they were kind of involved in the community and involved in you know speaking about diabetes and uh, I did I because I I. I've never been on the inside of the diabetic community life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did intern for JDRF one year and that was pretty, pretty fun to do. But yeah. other than that, I, you know, it's kind of just like, Oh, maybe I'll just shoot my shot and see if I can talk about diabetes a little. Well, so, let me, let me give you, I'll, I'll, uh, I will pull the curtain back a tiny bit here. Hopefully other people doing the same thing, uh, will not, well, it doesn't matter. But what I was going to say is that <laughs> I, I think there are people like who are in that center of that community that are, that are amazing people. Like I'm, I'm definitely not saying that, but what I think is that when it becomes their whole life, they become a little practiced. And so I don't, I never talked to any of those people because like you did, like you listen, you, you were involved in politics. Like I don't want somebody popping on here, hearing three keywords and giving me a canned answer. Yeah. Right. Because then that's not interesting and and nobody gets anything out of it. And I think more comes from listening to people's struggles and understanding their path than would come from somebody just telling you, like, I'm super good at this and here's how I'm so good at it. And then it turns out they never really have any details. Uh, I also, you know what I mean? Like, they never, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, somebody's like, oh, I do great in the market, but they never say buy this stock, this stock and this stock. They just they do great yeah. in the market, you know, um, or or you'll see people who are diabetes influencers will never mention what their A1C is. Oh, interesting. Right? I'm sorry. Looking into that a little bit. I never <laughs> so, noticed. <laughs> so I so so, the you know, when I share my daughter's A1C, it's not for bragging reasons. It's so that you can be reasonably comfortable that anything I said might be true you know what i mean like because yeah. like, like, if i was like here's what i think you should do you need to pre-bullish your meals and i go through a little thing and then you say oh that that's that that all sounds great scott what's arden's a1c and i'm like oh, it's 9.8 then you might go well wait a minute why am i listening to you again and yeah, you know, like so lost. <laughs> yeah like i think you have to show the show your work i guess um and at the same time I think that that can be aspirational for people. Like, I don't understand a person who says, hey, listen, if you're just running around yelling, my A1C is 5.5, the rest of you can go to hell. That's bad. Okay, but if you're if you're saying, hey, look, I'm 5.5, here's how I got to it, I think you can get to it too, even though you're not there right now. I find that to be hopeful. You know what I mean? Like, when I don't know yeah. how to do something, I look to somebody who knows how to do it. Yeah, and I, I think even, um, like, me five years ago seeing an influencer saying hey my a1c is five five but not saying anything of how to do it it kind of it probably would have just made me be like okay well like i don't care anymore i want to go you know i'm gonna keep fighting this like if i don't if i don't understand how you're doing it then i don't want to understand it myself well (laughs) we're just to look up and go oh great so you're gonna be healthy and i don't get to be like, that's, yeah, yeah, that's the vibe. Right. And I, so I, you know, I'm all, I think you'll see, like, if you try those pro tip episodes, I'd be surprised if you didn't really like them just based on this conversation. So no, I definitely will. Yeah. 100%. I'm interested. I'm interested. So what you do is you listen to them. You don't have to report back to me. It's not like school. And, uh, <laughs> and an A1C from now reach out and tell me if you're moving in a different direction. Okay, I definitely will. That's what I, I can't wait. What, I'm seriously, I'm I'm interested. Don't let me down on this, Pat. Just send the email. Okay, <laughs> okay I will. Don't treat me like 100%. The, don't treat me like those old women at the bar. Okay, yeah. Just, just ignore <laughs> yeah. me. I know what you were doing. There. Um, I'll send you a beer while, while you're at it too, while you're waiting. <laughs> <Hold> <laughs> <on>. Yeah, <laughs> is this probably how you make friends? You just send a beer down the bar, right? And everybody's then yeah, yeah. It's a good guy. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, what are your um? I'm going to finish up here for you. I don't want to keep you too long. I imagine you have work. Uh, but what are your what are your long-term goals here around diabetes? Like where are you trying to 
Like, what what do you imagine is a place? I guess my question would be, where do you imagine yourself to be when you're 30 years old, when you're thinking about maybe having a family? Like, what? where do you want to be with your diabetes at that point? Oh, I, I definitely just want to, I want to be as healthy as possible. I think, uh, I think that's kind of just my, my main goal is to keep my body as healthy as possible to just keep me going as long as I can. Uh, I, I remember, you know, grow, you know, growing through this, like you hear about diabetics going blind or, you know, toes getting cut off and all that. And so that, that always kind of, uh, scared me a little bit and so I'm like I, I want to be as healthy as possible and be you know pl- I hope to be playing basketball with my grandkids and my great grandkids one day so that's kind of where I want to be uh, and that's that's why I'm doing all this to make sure that it will it will happen that's excellent hey can I ask you do um did you experience any did women treat you differently because you had diabetes did that ever get in the way of your dating or anything uh, no, I, I mean, I think that women were intrigued by it, if anything. So I, I don't think it ever, it ever, I mean, obviously there, you know, it, there were problems with having low blood sugars at inopportune times, but uh, I think a lot of women were intrigued by it. So it never, never was too big of a deal, but I can definitely see how it can, uh, for other diabetics, it can definitely be kind of challenging. Uh, so I kind of catered it towards, you know, like, hey, this is kind of interesting. And like, hey, have you ever seen someone get shot with a needle? It's pretty cool, <laughs> you know, that type of stuff. Pat's so. like a seven-year-old <laughs> with a Tonka truck. He's like, look, I have this and you can play with it too. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to suck people into your world. Well, you also sounds like you bumped into to good people who weren't judging you just like that. Yes, Which, definitely. Yeah. I was very lucky. And uh, for the people who did, you know, I just kind of brushed it off. Not a not a big deal to me. Uh, so I, I was definitely lucky with the people that uh, that are in my life right now and Good how you. they how they help me as well. That's amazing. Good for you. Hey, listen, uh, you sound like you're doing really well. Do you think of yourself as doing well? Yes, definitely. I think I think um, once I got the pump and I think that it kind of just propelled me into a, a way better state for sure. So, cool. yeah, but the older I get, the, you know, the more knowledge I'm, I'm getting, I, I, you know, just love it even more and love, love how I'm dealing with it for sure. Listen, I, it sounds to me like you are on the upswing of a much bigger upswing and <laughs> seriously, like it, it feels like you, uh, in a, in a fairly short amount of time, got through that period, figured it out that it's something you wanted to leave behind. You're on a, an incredible path and you're, you're thoughtful about it and you're interested in learning more. And I will tell you that everyone I've ever spoken to, I think the main ingredient that helps with this is just the desire to do it. That really ends up being one of the most important aspects because you need to find the tools, you need to understand how to use them, but the desire to do it and a good attitude is a, is a lot of it. I, I, I just think that from my personal experience talking to so many people. So I think you've got that. Well, I love to hear it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I remember coming back from uh, I, I studied abroad in Italy and I must have gained 20 pounds over there, you know, eating pasta, and mm-hmm. drinking wine all day, you know, so I, I gained 20 pounds and I came back and I I just kind of got myself off off the couch and was like, I need to work out every day. I need to just do it. Yeah. Uh, and so I started working out and that's kind of propelled me into the like, okay, I need to do it. You know, like I need to learn more about diabetes. I need to get healthier. I need to, so that kind of sent me on the track of like, uh, getting, getting to where I'm at for sure. It's amazing. Um, is there anything that I didn't say or ask that you were hoping to talk about? No, I, I didn't, I really didn't know what we were going to be talking about. I just kind of was like, let's do it. How, how, <laughs> let's just it, do it. Did it feel like it went okay for you? Yeah. A hundred percent. I loved it. I'm amazing I love talking this. to you. No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I had a really good time talking to you. I somehow uh, find myself hoping <laughs> that uh, my son's as together as you are when he's 26. So um, 
and and he'll yeah, be, so, he'll be more together for sure. <laughs> if I can keep him off the wine and pasta, maybe it'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't send him to Italy. Yeah. <laughs> A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N.com forward slash juice box. Thanks also to Patrick for sharing his story and to Touched by Type 1 for supporting this episode of the Juicebox podcast. Head on over right now to touchedbytype1.org. Find out more about Touched by Type 1, and think about getting some tickets to the Dancing for Diabetes show. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox podcast.